From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, angioid streaks and ranibizumab. A large majority of the patients, 86%, have stabilized or improved vision. First this. As seen from here reaches ophthalmologists in 98 countries, transfers more than half a terabit of podcasts every month. But the potential audience is much larger. Please tell your colleagues about this free resource, Flattening the Ophthalmic World. And while you're at it, let your residents and fellows know about Open Ophthalmology, a free basic science video podcast, already a force in ophthalmic education with 1,800 viewers watching 6,000 video lectures every month. Information wants to be free. Help me give it away. Anti-vascular endothelial growth factor agents have been greatly successful in the treatment of choroidal neovascularization in a lot of clinical settings. But angioid streaks are a bit different. Here, the pathophysiology is, in a sense, architectural. There isn't any hypoxia which might generate vascular endothelial growth factor in the first place. So, should anti-VEGF agents be of utility in the treatment of choroidal neovascularization associated with angioid streaks? I didn't know either. Not until I spoke with Eric Suid, my guest today. What is going on histopathologically in an angioid streak, Eric? Uh, in angioid streaks, this is an inherited condition. And in this inherited condition, the Bruch membrane, one of the layers of the retina, is um, calcified and more fragile. And this allows uh, in growth of choroidal neovascularization into the subretinal space. Which patients are predisposed to angioid streaks? Oh, we can say mainly uh, patients affected with pseudoxanthoma elasticum, PXE. And in this patient, angioid streaks are very, very frequent. It's one of the symptoms of the disease. For those patients with angioid streaks, how common is choroidal neovascularization? So, uh, the choroidal neovascularization is a very, very common uh, disorder in this patient. It was estimated between 72 and 86% of the patient. So, this is a very, very frequent uh, uh, condition. What are the conventional therapies for neovascular angioid streaks, and how well have these therapies worked? Okay, in the past, uh, uh, several therapies have been tried before uh, anti-VGF, such as laser photocoagulation, photodynamic therapy with vertepofin, uh, transpupillary thermotherapy, uh, surgical removal, and they are very poor results. Uh, until now, the result of this uh, of this uh, therapy did not allow uh, better vision and uh, they have very limited uh, effect. We're going to be talking about anti-VEGF therapy for CNV. Prior to your study, what was known about anti-VEGF therapy for choroidal neovascularization related to angioid streaks? Oh, uh, because this study, um, the other an anti-VGF was tried, that was 
bevacizumab was tried in this patient uh, and with a, uh, a lower number of patients in small series. And only one paper, one patient was uh, published, one single patient was published with ranibizumab. So this is a larger series published with uh, ranibizumab. Eric, can I get you to describe the design of your study? Uh, yes. Um, so uh, this was a retrospective uh, analysis of the patient treated in our referral center uh, by uh, ranibizumab in patients with CNV and enteric strake. Uh, so it was a non-randomized double center retrospective interventional case theory. The primary endpoint was the percentage of eyes with stable or improved visual acuity at the end of follow-up, and the secondary endpoint were the percentage of eyes with stable or decreased macular thickness on optical current tomography. Also, we analyzed the feature of fluorescent angiography, and the persistence of leakage. This was another secondary endpoint. How many patients were included in the study, Eric? So uh, finally, in this study, we included uh, 35 eyes of 27 patients. And these are both patients who were naive to therapy and patients who had received a variety of other treatments for their choroidal neovascularization. Exactly, exactly. You are right. Uh, this is a relatively new therapy, and in this therapy, a lot of patients have had before another treatment, and we performed subgroup analysis. Ten of the 35i were naive and 25 has already been treated. What were the results of your study? So, uh, in our study, 86 patients of the patient have stabilized or improved vision uh, at the end of the follow-up. The mean follow-up was 24 months and macular sickness was stabilized in 51% uh, of the patient. So a large majority of the patients, 86%, have stabilized or improved vision. Did previously treated patients fare any differently from treatment-naive patients? We tried to perform subgroup analysis, and we did not find any difference between the patient naive or patients that were already treated with other therapy, there was no difference. Also, I would like to point out that there was no difference between the PXE patient and the non-PXE patient. You observed both the functional effect of treatment in the sense of improvement or stabilization of vision, and you also observed the anatomical effect of treatment in the sense of macular thickness. How well did vision improvement correlate with decrease in macular thickness? Um, usually in uh, CNV linked with exudative AMD, we see a correlation between the function of vision and the anatomy. But here, there was no strict correlation and probably, probably we, we cannot speculate about it, but probably there was not... Uh, uh, a perfect correlation and the sickness is not the most important feature in this patient. If macular edema is not the uh, primary etiology of degradation of patient's vision, 
What do you think that the ideology of the decreased vision is? Uh, there is probably um, a certain quantity of fluid uh, within the layer of the retina, but no, no subfoveal fluid. Uh, I mean that there is no su uh, subretinal fluid in this patient. That the leakage is primarily intraretinal? Yes. Were any adverse events observed in these patients? No, we did not observe in our small theory. I mean, uh, 35 I we did not observe any adverse event. Now, since the therapy does not address the underlying anatomical cause of the choroidal neovascularization, that cause being the android streaks themselves, is anti-VEGF therapy open-ended? Uh, you're perfectly right. Actually, just a, a treatment to obtain a stabilization of the patient or to treat the CNV when we can see them, when they are are some uh, activity of the CNV in this patient, but uh, they are, it's not a treatment for error. Uh, previously, the treatment were not really efficient, and the end was when everything was fibrosis, and with a big fibrosis of the CNV, and visual, uh, central vision was very low, and this was the end. This was the end because the patient cannot see nothing, and we only have uh, a lot of fibrosis on the macula. Uh, actually, the results are better, and there is no end. Each time the patient have a recurrence of the disorder, we treat them, and we have uh, to perform a very uh, strict follow-up, and such as in myopic patients, the patient feel it. The patient feel something occur. Uh, he can feel the metamorphopsia or the decrease of central vision, uh, usually, they are younger patients than AMD, and uh, in this case, we, we perform the treatment. Having made these observations, tell me, is there any role for any therapy other than anti-VEGF therapy for neovascularization associated with angioid streaks? Uh, yes. Uh, when the uh, choroidal neovascularization is uh, very far uh, extra foveolar, and uh, very far from the macula, we can even perform laser therapy. Uh, if the new cells are more than uh, one disc from the macula, we can perform laser. But uh, in all other cases, there is no doubt anti-VGF therapy is the best choice for this patient. Until now, we did not add any, have any uh, efficient treatment, efficient therapy for this uh, patient. I mean, no vascularization with androic streak. Uh, and the prognosis was very, very bad. Actually, the patient understands that there is uh, something new for the eye, something very efficient, and each time they have a re recurrence, they understand they have to come back as soon as possible. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Eric Suid is professor and head of the Department of Ophthalmology at the Hôpital Intercommunal de Cretiel and of the Ophthalmology Department at Henri Mondor Hospital in Cretiel, France. His paper, Intravitreal Ranibizumab for Choroidal Neovascularization in Angioid Streaks, appears in the November 2010 issue of the American Journal of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Suid or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. 
write to me with your comments or questions at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.